if I was a publisher or if I was someone who is currently benefiting from the current system, the best way for me to slow this thing down is to sow a seed of doubt. Welcome to Everything Hurts. My name is Dan Quintana from the University of Oslo, and I'm here, as always, with James Heathers from Northeastern University. James Heathers. Hi. We we have a new Everything Hurts logo. We do, don't we? After after choosing it out of thousands submitted on some online contest <laughs> bollocks that you came up with, um, it was uh, yeah, it was it was well it was well chosen. Um, uh, poor whoever this poor long-suffering graphic artist is, we we appreciate their attention to detail and following whatever bollocks instructions you were giving them. It all it all shook out pretty good. I like it. Well, I do I, you like it? I do like it. I, it was I was filtering the, the the stuff that you gave me, but surprisingly, we actually came to oh, <laughs> surprisingly we came to a pretty solid consensus with this one. Um, I, I thought we'd we'd have a lot of back and forth. On something, obviously, we would need to pick a design that the, the both of us would be happy with, and we also threw threw it out there to um to a few of our listeners. A few weeks ago, we we put out a poll or put out a request to our listeners, going if you want to help us out, let us know. And we had about forty listeners who actually voted on the the the, the top eight finalists. Um, oh, I see. I didn't know it was that many. I thought I thought it was just a couple of people. Forty. Ah, you people are the best. Thank you for <laughs> saving me from making a decision. It, it was. You know, you want to you want to keep other people happy, and um, all all my logos had like go faster stripes, and one had a tiger. <laughs> There was one where I was standing on Dan's head like he was a bearskin rug. No, I just had his skin, <laughs> the, the- and that. That was wild. I mean, some someone out there obviously gets the vibe. But we went for something a bit. We went for something a bit quieter, and it wouldn't have worked quite as well without your trenchant contribution. So thank you for that. Thanks, listeners. But we, we did, in all seriousness, get one contribution, which was never going to win, but it was incredible because um, it had you uh, had, had you stroke stroking your cat, and it was just it was the perfect embodiment of the podcast. But then, for some reason, they deleted their own submission. I don't know. Maybe they just realised how good it was, and uh, the any, any, anyway, it was amazing. But they didn't win. Uh, did, I, did we screenshot that one? Anyway, we don't even own that design, so we're not going to do that. So, um, if you're listening to this right now, we are 99 percent sure that the logo is going to be up. Um, so, thank you to the people that uh, vote, helped vote on it, but also thank you to our patrons. Seeing as you're doing it, we're not going to get a better estimate than that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, thanks to our patrons. Uh, Because of of your support, we were actually able to do that. And it was long overdue because the- Yeah, like the the website. I mean, we're we're busy people, but we're getting through all of this redesigned stuff. So, it all looks like we're we're real boys. We're real boys (laughs) now. We're doing it. We've got a logo, we promise. And and speaking of the website, um, did you know, James, that uh, a lot of people have been contacting us via the contact form on our website. Um, uh, yes, I did because you keep showing them to me, and I keep going, "Geez, that's not too bad." Um, so those those are, those are coming up good. We do those, uh, those website contributions. They're really good. And um, today we are going to answer a listener question that has come via everythinghurts.com. Well, we almost weren't, Daniel. Um, 
Or I had <laughs> had uh, I, I, two or three people have said this now. Like I, I miss the old episodes where all you did was sort of Grouse. fuck about, <laughs> I suppose. All you did was sort of grumble, like the Statler and Waldorf episodes. Where did they go? So I thought we'll do a throwback episode where we have to do no prep, where there's kind of no intellectual contribution whatsoever. That's just us pissing and moaning. Well, me, honestly, <laughs> you sort of dealing with it under duress. And I thought, we'll do that. And you said, no, we've got a listener question and it's really, really good. So, how do we make the decision of which topic to choose, Daniel? We compromised and did what I wanted. No, we didn't compromise. <laughs> we played rock, paper, scissors. Oh, we Tell did the that. fucking story. We played <laughs> online rock, we paper, did. scissors to, best to best. choose a topic and fucking Dan won. So, instead of doing my easy, fun, rude idea, we're doing a really good but really difficult fucking question. <laughs> the mini, mini oh, story. this is a fucking belter. This is, this is really good. And this has come from uh, Galina Nimarenko, who's from the Swiss Federal, Federal Institute of Technology in Lausanne in Switzerland. And this is a great one. Do you want to read this, James, or how, how do you want to do this? No, you 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 read it. Okay. You, you won the rock paper scissors because I just kept pushing scissors. <laughs> I thought that was your strategy. Okay, here is Galena's question. Strategy. <laughs> I have a question slash request for an opinion concerning the open science movement. It has certainly taken off in recent times with preprints coming into vogue, multiple strategies of open peer review proposed, and on a scale that matters, we have Plan S. As an enthusiastic supporter of free access and dissemination of knowledge myself, I cannot help but catch myself cautious of plunging into all this goodness without proper consideration of both the ups and downs mm. of this reform of the current system. Most people talk about positives. However, should we consider, for example, the complications of the oversight of research integrity, traceability of the publication versions from preprint to revisions to publication with all the corrections that may be hosted at multiple locations and what systems must be implemented beforehand. And what about the obvious opening to the market for the invested commercial entities, say Chan Zuckerberg Foundation, that inadvertently are supporting the open science movement with grants. However, there are no regulations in place to prevent the rise of, say, micropayments for access to articles similar to apps under the pretense of the of offsetting the small costs of article processing and hosting. I believe the discussion should be more balanced, weighing out the possible negative consequences that may arise during the transition to fully open science, therefore providing us with the opportunity to prevent it from the start. Please share your views if possible. What are your views, Jay? This is a big one. That is, I read that and I had two simultaneous immediate opinions one is oh well we're probably going to do this because this is much better than lol preprints hey what day all about here come dat boy which is some of the i mean i like i like questions like that mm. um but this is this is a this is a weighty question um and anyone who's not really interested in kind of chasing down discussions of policy should probably just skip right now to the last <laughs> day aside album and listening to listening to someone scream uh completely without purpose uh great album by the way um if you're into violent death metal um so the the, the first thought is we have to do it but second thought is oh christ we have to do it in an hour <laughs> um I have I have a lot of thoughts on this, but 
I think we should structure this where you tell me what you think. You might have had a little bit more prep time than me, and I'm not super confident in some of these opinions because this is this is really hard because mm. we we're, we're talking about unpicking we're talking about unpicking the way that we communicate more or less everything that is contemporary science in in a format that's been mostly unchanged in the modern era since probably for the last 15 to 20 years when it comes to e-articles, um, about 50 years when it comes to professional scientific journals, and about four or 500 years when it comes to here is a paper. It has an outlet of publication that has a, a professional definition. So there's a lot of assumptions rolled into something like that. And this is the first really big multi-country structural attempt to unpick this particular Gordian knot. Mm. And look, I uh, w- w- and a question that comes in like this, which is sort of like, what what will happen? I urge caution. Yeah, I think I think everyone does. I know there's evangelists for all sorts of positions within how should publication be structured and maintained, but more or less everyone else is making a series of sort of potential determinations about how it might work. Mm. So we're going to say might a lot, or actually specifically Dan is about to say might a lot. Dan, Dan say might. What do we got? Might. Well, okay. Um, this made me think a lot about the drawbacks, and I think um, I think Galena is is correct because all we're thinking about is the positives, and we're not really thinking about the negatives. And I think, especially depending on what discipline you're in, you can actually be blinded quite easily to the negatives. Uh, I was speaking to a colleague recently um, about preprints, and uh, and she was like, "Well, what happens? Um, what happens with um, with blinded reviews? How do you do that?" Because in my field, almost every single journal I submit to has blinded reviews. So, I'm, I'm not really sure I can do preprints. And for me, I'm like, wow, that's not something I even considered because obviously in my f- – not obviously, but in my field, um, blinded reviews isn't even a thing. Um, so, obviously, there are lots of really small things that we haven't quite considered. But look, with any sort of reform, I don't think it's, – it's very rare that there's, there's not going to be any drawbacks in particular – um, and I think the most important thing to consider, firstly, is uh, I'm not sure whether we should cover first what are what are the actual drawbacks. But one thing that we, we should also consider is are these potential drawbacks worth worth, worth the benefits? Yeah. Um, one of the things that that was mentioned here was this idea of, uh, and a lot of people quite often mention it when it comes to um, preprints, is this will fragment citations. So you have a preprint, and then you have the paper. And there's no clean and easy way to actually combine the citations of the preprint and the paper. And people say, well, th- this is going to be hard for, for, for tracking impact, whatever that means. But for me, um, this has actually happened to me um, where I've, I've had citations between a paper split between that and the preprint. But the benefits of having the preprint for me actually outweigh the negatives of having these citations that are split. So, that, that was just one quick example that I thought of. But what are some other things that you see- uh, as being potential b- beyond the stuff that Galena mentioned, what are some other things that you see, James, as being potential downsides of, of of open science? That when you start something that is 
open access by fiat, that there is there's absolutely no reason to believe that any kind of pivot to open access that has a commercial interest in it will suddenly click its fingers and go, we're doing this primarily for the benefit of science. That they're not. You're talking about you you write a paper, you send it to a commercial organization to publish via closed access. You're saying, well, we don't want that anymore. We want to, uh, you write a paper and we send it to a totally open access commercial outlet that's now going to publish it. They are still going to claim costs and they're still going to find any weakness available within a system of publication that will allow them to make money. So if there's a squeeze to be had in anything like this, and there's lots of very clever, very kind of money-focused eyes in this space, yeah? And if it all starts to fragment and break up and new shit starts to happen, um, there's a chance that we will be replacing the rapacious old greedy fucks with rapacious <laughs> new greedy fucks. Now- the trade-off, the trade-off, of course, is uh, as as you said, uh, everything gets to be free and open and easy straight away. So, what can we what can we predict that these people will do? What will it do when it comes to changing the structure of journals? Because there's a lot of I've seen a lot of skepticism from reasonably sort of open access evangelist people when it comes to plan s and the full-blown okay uh within between now and i think it's from now and 2020 just coming up uh, pretty everything quick that's, e e everything that's uh, quicker all the time um everything that's funded from our research organization must be uh open access on publication no delay no uh, don't worry, the paper's elsewhere, so uh, you, you don't have to you don't have to concern yourself with uh, making it open access yourself because it's already been pre-opened by the authors or something else. Um, none of this fucking uh, and there's a payment cap as well. Mm, I think, yeah, right. There's a certain amount of money that you can you can stick into it. Um, part of me is really excited to see a disruption happening and is really happy to see people on this level flexing on the publication system in general and hopes that from the ashes or from whatever fuck-ups there are along the way, we will better approximate something that works for the vast majority of people. Um. Another part of me wonders how much you can know about how this is going to work before you click your fingers in the first place. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. This is something that happens with every look, every every policy at some level is set and then it's kind of battle tested by sticking it out into the public domain. So part of me thinks the answer to that is unknowable and and as I said before part of me is Part of me is fully expecting anyone who thinks they can make money off it to start making money <laughs> off it. Because look, as much as we continually bitch, oh, there's not enough money to pay adjuncts here. There's been a, some really al alarming articles about that recently in the US. There's not enough money to pay adjuncts. There's not enough money to keep these liberal arts colleges open. Mm. There's not enough money in the system to send everyone to college for nothing. 
Um, yep, all of that is the case. But there is also a shitload of money when it comes to the act of publishing somewhere between one and a half to two million research items somewhere every year. Mm. They cost a lot of money to host. They cost a lot of money to look at. They cost a lot of money to coordinate. They cost a lot of money to do. So there is a shitload of money at the various steps of the publication process. And anything that you can think will be exploited. Right, when you say, "Oh, you, when, when, so, oh I hear people have these discussions. I go, well, well, what if someone decides that X, Y, Z is a good way to make money? I would, I would go straight past that immediately and say someone's going to try that. Well, it's happening. That's 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 going to happen. You're, you're seeing Elsevier who are coming out with. Uh, there's like a journal called Water Research, and now there's Water Research X. And there are all. Ah, these- yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is happening the, quite the, a lot. The X, the X journals, uh, not not uh, published by X Men. No. Um, no one with cool powers on the editorial board, which is greatly to their shame. <laughs> but the thing, the thing that was really interesting, which Chris Chambers brought up on on Twitter a few weeks ago, is that these X journals tend to have much better open access policies. These X journals are more likely to actually um, adopt registered reports, whereas uh, fancy non X journals are like, no, 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 this isn't for us. Where it's the the, the the less prestigious journals that are actually going to have the more reliable science. That's that's interesting. But the thing will, is, that- will they become more prestigious over time? And do we have that amount of time that we're willing to wait? We don't have the time to wait. But I would wager, all things equal, they will become more prestigious because people over time will trust those results more. But thinking about yeah. this whole money thing, and we, and we get into a, a nah, discussion a- <laughs> about what prestige consists of in the first place. No, this no, no. is the fucking horrible thing about it. It, it, it the problem is prestige because we have that there is x amount of money in the system libraries spend millions of dollars sub, uh, subscribing to all these journals but if we devoted like a tenth of that money into actually supporting journals that are run from the libraries we could do exactly the same thing we could produce exactly the same outputs the only difference is this bloody prestige thing yeah we've seen examples where you can run an overlay journal um, for $10 a submission, and of course, there are other costs, there are hosting costs, which are, you know, um, supported by other foundations or whatever. But essentially, you can, can, all things considered, you can submit a paper for 20 US dollars, 30 US dollars. The only difference is the whole prestige thing. We can do this. The money is there. We know it. And it's actually, it's, it's crushing a lot of libraries. Uh, I think I mentioned it before, but um, our, 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 local, yeah. our local library has run out of money to support open access just because there's so many people who are wanting to do it, but there's just not enough funds there. But the money yeah, is there. Yeah, we we, we, you we had, can do it. You had a, you had a yearly budget. You know, this is the, the University of Oslo, fancy, fancy Norway, people pay taxes, oil money, bloody library. And so many people wanted their open access fees paid that your yearly allocation ran dry before the year ran out. Yeah, it ran it out ran out of money within to a week. Do OA support. <laughs> so that they, they can't. <laughs> so they've stopped doing it, which is which is a massive shame. When it, when when it first started, I got it was one year I got like four papers out of this fund because um it was there, there was more money there and less people were doing it. But anyway, there's money in the system, and we can do this thing. We can actually do scientific publishing. The whole problem is prestige. So. Uh, I see where you're getting at where commercial entities are going to get involved, which is why I'm always hesitant when these people, whenever I see a new thing pop up, I always think, follow the money. Is there profit to be made? And is it run by a nonprofit or by a university? If it's run by a university or a nonprofit, I'm much more likely to trust it, more because of what they're going to do with it. Secondly, they're more likely to make the code open access. But thirdly, longevity. Yeah. These startups that come up, who knows where they're going to be in a year's time? Yeah. 
but universities, you would hope, are going to be existing for a lot longer. So, I think I think we can. There are so many things we can solve as long as we as long as we put our heads together and go. No, no, no. You know what? We're, we're actually going to be cool with journals that don't necessarily have this prestige. All we worry about is 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 the actual um, the using using the paper as 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 a mark of, of prestige itself. Now, something I was thinking about. Um, but both of us are, are writing grants. Um, I just submitted one. You're submitting one next week, I think. And I no, it was Monday. Oh, you have submitted one. There, there we go. So, we've, yeah. we've both submitted grants recently. So, I've, I've been thinking a lot about grants. And one thing is, obviously, people who are, who are reviewing them don't have much time and, and they're, they're skimming through. And um, I, I would happily take a cut. Say, say for a grant thing, the success rate is 15%. I would happily take a cut to 14% if it meant that the system was fairer in the sense that you were able, you were able to use that saved money to, 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 to pay- uh, reviewers more, for instance, or more compensation for their time, so they can actually read your papers rather than skimming through impact factor, impact factor. They can read your papers individually, so you, you can judge your own stuff on your own merits. Um, I, I think there are ways that you can actually improve improve the process. Um, but look, speaking of all this stuff, I think that people balk at the idea when they hear the word reforms, yeah, because people think that academia and reforms is a zero sum game. If something changes. I'm going to lose out. I think there'd be much more success with this if we would actually rebrand these reforms as we're making the system fairer. Yeah. If you use this concept of we're making the system fairer, I think more people are going to come on board because obviously with the current system, there are people who are benefiting with this current system. Yeah. And if it changes, they are not going to benefit anymore. So, if you actually say, hey, we're just making the system fairer, if you're hoity-toity researcher who doesn't like change, but if you're saying, well, the system's, the, the, if the system's fairer, it's not going to help me, then obviously the system's going to your favor. So, if it's a fairer system and you're so good, the system should still be fine to you, yeah? So, this is why I have so much respect for these senior types, senior researchers who are all up for these reforms because they have the most to lose from these changes, rather than young people. So, we really need to be reframing it as making it a fairer system so that the, the, the best research, so to speak, comes to the top. And if it's done that way, people are going to be less resistant than if we brand this as reform because people- We love reform. You know, we're young. We're, we're you know, love stirring the pot, but uh, some people don't like it because it means they're going to lose. So, basically, you're saying we should brand to- mitigate the effects of human selfishness no we should <laughs> we need to rebrand so we don't make it a zero-sum game because right now it feels like a zero-sum game it feels like my way is better your way is bad and once we switch to my way i'm gonna win yeah but where if, if it's a hey we're just making the system fairer you by you resisting making the system fairer that's you making a tacit admission that i am milking the system already Okay, this is like the the whole like pro life versus anti women framing. Uh, yeah, you're, explain. You're, you're choosing it. You're you're choosing a position based on the fact of uh, the positive thing that you're for, rather than you. You never you'd never call it like open access open access reform mitigating the effect of pricks. Yeah, <laughs> is not is is not the is not the way to go. Yeah, okay. Um, 
Well, I, I think I think you have a point there. Um, the problem is, of course, is you 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 do that, and then again we come back to unknowability. Mm. Say you got everything that you wanted, the whole of Plan S Malone. Um, say you got it all tomorrow. Yeah. What happens? <laughs> um, I think. Okay, here's the thing. There is going to be speed bumps. We can't predict what's going to happen, but- those- Speed bumps is going to be big fucking brick walls yeah, yeah. in front of the car, Yeah, ex- except here's the difference. Those brick walls are going to be transparent. We're going to know- They're going to be transparent bricks. Oh, the- wait, the- wait, the- wait <laughs> to run the metaphor right into the fucking clouds, Daniel. Yeah, okay, transparent bricks. Go on. Things, the way the system is going now, one of the- inbuilt features of open science is that things are transparent we can see how you made the thing and how you made those decisions to make to make the thing if there's any problems right now one of the biggest problems is is a lack of transparency we don't know how decisions are made um i think you made a great example a few days ago on twitter in that when it comes to all these people getting investigated for universities for for, for doing bad things we never know the outcome. We never know how decisions were made from, you know, the the the, the vice chancellor of research or the dean of research for. Yeah, the, the, you know, the, the, this this bloke yep. didn't do a bad and thing. Even 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 if they even if they make a decision that you agree with, you don't know like, how. Uh, we have we have thought about it carefully for four months, and we have decided that researcher X should be shot in the dick. Um, why? Well, we don't comment on personnel matters. Mm. You, you did, you, and you know, as in the example that you point out, which is uh, something I thought we might get to today because it's friggin' horrifying. Um, you get exactly the same response when it comes to no, everything's fine, nothing to see here. Um, which is always, I mean, it's always fun because I mean, this is, I can think of half a dozen examples of this happening. There's a university investigation. They conclude everything's fine and they don't tell you why. Yeah. <laughs> and then they investigate again when it's obvious that everything isn't fine. They investigate again and then they find out that something is in fact terrible and they, they're going to like bail someone up pretty bad for all the horrible transgressive shit they did. Um and then they don't tell you that either. Well, how good is your investigative yeah. process? If <laughs> we, we don't know. Two anonymous investigations that are nine months apart have completely different <laughs> conclusions. And yeah, the, the the answer is, of course, we have absolutely no way of telling. And if you ask them, if you're a real proper journalist at a real proper place and you call up the media office of fucking whatever, you will get a form email back that says, University ABC does not comment on personnel matters. We don't know which is which is what that which is what that is, right? So, I mean, what that prevents it prevents someone like me from trying to figure out what is going on, what the weaknesses are, and who screwed up, who protected who, mm. or who threw someone else overboard. Mm. This is this is what opacity does, and people who are in a situation of not having to explain themselves work very well within opaque frameworks, right? They just be like, yeah, well, I'm the, I'm the dean and I'm not explaining my decision and here it is. It doesn't, there's no, there's, there's no broader principle involved past I'm in charge and uh, I've, I have made a decision. That's it. That's all you get. Yeah. So, so you know, would 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 an environment of openness be better with it? Yeah, but you know what the flip side of that is? The fucking labor laws. 
you can't just go, ah, we're investigating him and here's all the evidence and he's 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 fucked. You, you know? <laughs> the, the people are in people are entitled to I mean it depends on the country and the situation, yeah. but you know, I hesitate to use the presumption of innocence as much as they're entitled for the process to be internally fair. And that means presenting all the evidence in context potentially when it's done, not throwing them overboard in the meantime. Because mm. there's been there's a really interesting article, I think by a Swedish dude uh, last year or the year before, where someone whistle blew on him and he didn't know what the hell was going on. None of it made the slightest bit of sense. And eventually he was exonerated completely. See if I can find that article because I mean, then you realize, oh, yeah, I guess we have a process for a reason. <laughs> Um, I don't know if we're off topic at this point, Daniel. Well, I, but what you're saying, what you're saying is, in a move to, in a move to broader openness, the, the there is an informational access to processes that is worthwhile by itself, and it's hard to predict how that will make positive contributions in advance. Well. There's probably going to be shenanigans. No, is that what you're, is yeah, that what you're es- saying or not? Essentially. For so, fuck's sake, this is a really hard topic. You I know, have I know. To talk to okay, me. so what, what I'm saying is there's potentially going to be shenanigans when it comes to this new movement, but at least they're going to be transparent shenanigans. And we can say, this person did this or tried this, but we can actually connect the dots and see what happened. I'm not sure that's going to be the case for everything yeah. within this kind of big umbrella of open science, but generally speaking- the, the the idea is that everything is trans everything as much as possible is transparent um so at least we can see what's happening and i much prefer that and then it's much quicker like you said we don't when it comes to these uh, uh sort of uh staffing problems or people pe- people that have um been uh, been very sketchy is that if we don't know what they did wrong who protected them we can't actually fix the system yeah but now if we can actually see, oh, there are these people are exploiting this loophole, we can very quickly um, fix it up. For instance, let's look at citation um, citation circles. People who get together with their buddies going, if you cite me, I'll cite you. Dumb strategy because by default, that is transparent. You can see who is citing other people. Yeah. And this, uh, you don't need to see the emails between these people to go, hey, you scratch my back, I scratch yours. This, this is one of those things which is already incredibly transparent. So, I think this is going to be one of those- Yeah, inc- like, likewise, likewise self-citation, likewise yeah. plagiarism. Yeah. They're, they're, they're dumb crimes, but huge caveat, Daniel. Great big seven-foot caveat carrying one of those fictitious weapons from the Warhammers ready to shoot you in the face. And the huge caveat is people have to care. People have to care yeah. and there has to be something on the back end that allows you to do something about it. You know, you remember all that fuss with uh remember all that fuss with Robert Sternberg uh, last year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What happened with that? Yeah, well this um not a great deal. Um the journal yelled at him for a while and then it all went away. Um Look, it's it, it, it's it's blindly obvious to anyone who reads an editorial that you write that's a retread of something that you wrote four years ago that has thirty-one citations and twenty-something of them are yours. But isn't the- that you're that you're that you're padding? Isn't that you know? Yeah, but, is- but does but who? I mean, how and how long does it take to get anyone to give a shit? I mean, there's a there's a huge gap, and I've I've complained about this before, but it's 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 relevant here. There's a huge gap between putting putting information out and like claiming the information space 
and then other people getting out into into that space and hitting it with a stick and saying that it's it's bad or it, it needs to be changed, redacted, altered, etc. Mm. The entire publication system does not presuppose the correction or removal of things that exist. Yeah? Yeah. It's all about having ideas. It's never about saying, well, that's a crap idea, remove it. Now, obviously, that's possible. Yeah? But the whole, the, the, the implicit assumption of, of publication is that, oh, those ideas eventually will get taken care of in 20 years when there's 15 papers to say it's wrong and then everyone will ignore it. Mm. So, just openness by itself, yay, transparency, sunlight, does it compel action? No, it just compels the problem to be more easily located. Yeah, but it's much better than the situation we have now. Well, obviously it's better because, you know, especially if you want to do research on locating problems, it makes it really, really fucking easy. <laughs> um, something, something that I haven't got to yet, I found a database of massive amounts of PubMed data. Um, and I was really interested in looking at the time taken for really, really short acceptances, trying to identify papers that were, you know, mm. submitted on the 5th of August and accepted on the 8th of August. Or, I, I've had or that something but for, similar. for a very good reason, though. It was, uh, it was bumped from one journal to the other, which shared the same editor. So, I, I have had one, which is accepted, submitted 8th of August, accepted 8th of August. Yeah, 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 yeah. Look, obviously, obviously, that's fine. It's just it's a to retread from one journal to mm. presumably a journal that would lower themselves to let. Yeah, well, it, it was it was a lower lower prestige journal. So you, you, oh, you're half. Fucking! You're I don't want to hear yeah, that. Fu- right. I don't want to hear that the, the, fucking the word p- again <laughs> in this podcast. You have you have a, a half an hour in which to not mention <laughs> that to me anymore. Um, the point being, um, I could not find. There is no solid research base just on. Uh, papers that were published in less than a week. Mm. What are their What are their defining key features and characteristics? So, I mean, that exists. That data is open. It's accessible. It's the fact that the vast majority of, you know, no one wants to mop the fucking floors, Dan. No. Everyone wants to put a new a new story on the house. No one wants to check whether or not there's subsidence in the basement. Where are the, where are the janitors? Look, openness openness by itself can't cure that, and I think it's a bigger problem. Mm. Okay, this comes back to incentives, I guess. But then, <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Look, w- w- I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna forbid you from saying that word. So go on. Uh, no, no, I, I got nothing else to say about that. One question we often get from listeners is how they can support the show. And we have two ways. The first is financially via Patreon. And uh, we have two support tiers. The first one is a dollar a month. And with that, you get the Everything Hurts newsletter, access to behind the scenes photos and videos, and that warm feeling that you are supporting the show. Uh, If you join our $5 Professor Fancy Pants tier, you get access to all those things. And in addition to that, uh, an exclusive mini episode, which is released every single month. Our last episode was on ResearchGate, and that was quite popular. So, if you sign up, you get access to all the bonus episodes moving forward, but also the back catalogue of bonus episodes. The second way you you can support the show is via social media. We would love it if you could post about the show on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Snapchat 
whatever platform you are using. Now, let's get back to the show. One thing I, I do want to do want to switch to a little bit is this idea that um, when it comes to reforms, they're either going to be pushed. T- typically, reforms are pushed by some figurehead individuals or by groups groups of people. And I think who those groups are and who those individuals are make a huge difference. Let's let's look at the recent reforms. At least the sense that I get, the recent reforms within the biobehavioral sciences seem to be driven by psychology. And within psychology, it seems to be driven by social psychology, probably because that's where the biggest messes were and that, 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 that's the biggest need. But then what that means is that the changes proposed um, are ones that tend to suit that particular field. Yeah. So, right now, we have these, these fantastic changes and fantastic initiatives. But what happens is, and this is something which has been raised by a few people, is that these things are elevating, um, I almost said the word. <laughs> these things are elevating certain forms of publication. You, James, give me a look now. <laughs> these things are elevating hypothesis-driven, uh, hypothesis-driven studies above studies which are more about exploration and theory development. So right now we're going to have a situation that, in a, if, if if the current trajectory continues, we're going to have a situation where basically hypothesis-driven studies are going to be the gold standard, and that's super important. But this is going to be at the expense of these more exploratory slash theory de- developing papers, um, which are just as important, um, and this is something which um, I know I know now there's, there's there's an alternative to registered reports called exploratory reports, but I don't know. I, I just the, the way that I see things is it, 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 it we're almost going to have two levels here where it's going to incentivize um, this one form of research over another only because or largely because. The people who are pushing the reforms, this is the type of research that they do. Um, so, mm. okay. So, w- what's the onus here? Does it does that mean that uh, people who are not represented in reform should go out and represent themselves? Yeah. Or that people people who are attempting to do reform need to try and think more broadly about the concerns of everyone the, or both? The second one, and I'm seeing that's happening quite a lot. Um, there was um, the conference that Lisa De Bryant. Right. Of course, there's more, more, more fucking work. I mean, it's- you want to change something, and then and people who are like, "No, that marginalizes me in particular. How dare you consider that particular structure of the change?" Well, you know, it is. It, you could go out and represent your own fucking interests. I mean, I suppose you are if you're complaining to someone else. But if you've got positive contributions to make, then um, yeah. Go, go forth boldly into the public domain and do it. I was, I was having a conversation with a, uh, a, I had a few conversations. So people are doing this. I, I know a few people, and I know people right now who are organizing in the kind of labor space. So different sorts of union stuff for the most part. Yeah, it's hard, thankless, difficult, confusing, annoying work. And universities in the US really hate that. <laughs> um, and that's actually completely distinct to the group of people I know who are forever bitching about these things and doing absolutely nothing about it whatsoever. And I have, well, I mean, it's easy to have the respect for people who are really trying and it's very difficult to to take uh, people who just grouse about it in perpetuity seriously, you know, 
you want you 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 think oh that's really terrible for us well don't just don't just say well, fine no no uh no registered reports for us boo empiricism <laughs> um figure 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 out figure out what would work better for you what you think the better structure would be and fucking go out and organize it organize around that if the registered reports have taught us anything it's the fact that if you have an idea where all the parameters are right where it makes sense in context that it can be very successful very quickly now i think regi- as a as a kind of an organizing as a as a as a central concept to change something about publication culture to improve scientific discourse i think it's been absolutely one of the top line most effective things because it's fucking working yes yeah they went from like five or six journals to a hundred and now every time i check in they're they're closing in on 200 right when it feels it feels like a couple of months ago there was only five and then now suddenly they're closing amazing it's incredible why why is that because it it makes a real serious change that people like without having to without having to redo the the parameters of everything from scratch hit i'll make you i'll make you i'll make you a prediction like what's saying it's working within a structure without trying to presuppose everything about it because there's lots of people who've tried like kicking kicking down the walls of jericho and starting from scratch there's a fucking thousand failed attempts to do something like that i'll make you a prediction if someone starts a specialty journal in an area that only does registered reports, if you run that from two to five years, you will be fucking surprised how allegedly successful that is because that is now being presented as a counterpoint to exploratory horseshit research. Mm. So the moment you tie that to the identity of a journal and you say everything in this made it through the registered report process, yeah, yeah. it made it throughout the other side or it didn't get published. I mean, if it doesn't get published, if it fails at the final hurdle, you are allowed to publish it elsewhere. They don't keep all the stuff you sent them and then <laughs> like stick it in a, a filing cabinet. But that will that will thrive if you if you start something under that banner and you push that wagon even for even for 2 years because everyone you know, everyone will, everyone it, trusts the results because it, yeah every time something's published it will be regarded intrinsically even by people who don't like them even by people who don't want to do them you don't see it and go well that's inherently distrustworthy because they told us exactly what they were going to do beforehand <laughs> and someone checked it really carefully you know so you could you could absolutely do that now. I would love to see overlay only, low cost, registered report only research, or someone looking at a peer to peer sharing platform for research that's coming out. That's not even stored on a website. You don't even need to have fucking hosting costs. You just have the full people all over the world maintaining a peer-to-peer library of everything that's in the corpus of literature, mm. which is actually not that big. With the data parked elsewhere, there's lots of services for that. You know, if you do it on OSF, you can do it on Zenodo, you can do it on that uh, fucking share, whatever it's called. Name escapes me. I'm tired. Shut up. Um, yeah. So... I would, I, would re- I would really like to see that happen. I am waiting for... I think this is I think 
there's going to be like plan S sort of things aside. There's going to be one very clever group of editors out there somewhere and their personal incentives to do this work and to do something, make a really, really good journal from scratch, either by flipping it from an existing editorial board or by putting their heads together and saying, we're doing, we're organizing around this topic. You can make a new, you can make a new entity that people will trust straight away if you have the right format. Do you know what I mean? Mm. You could like, you could be, it could be like, say one particular, like you could have a journal just on oxytocin in some context, right? Just on your one bullshit neuropeptide, whatever. But do you think it would survive right? with only like five submissions a year? Does, d- would, Journals. No, but you don't immediately move into. I'm talking about you talk about difference between strategy and process. You immediately jump to oh, you wouldn't get any submissions. You go out and fucking compel the original submissions, Daniel. You open up a call for registered reports. You give it fucking six months because they take ages. Yeah, yeah. Yes, you you have to preload stuff like that. You don't, there's none of this build it and they will come bullshit. That's a dumb way to start any business, any collective enterprise, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe if you're a fucking cafe or something and you and you, there's, there's lots of shift workers on your block, it's a good idea to just start something without trying to bring it to people first. Mm. You don't just open it and hope. You launch. That's never worked. Yeah. That's never worked for anything, right? Oh, I hope we haven't, like, I knew this was this discussion was going to just get curly at some point. Um. Let me let me let me let me come back to something that was in this uh, document. Yeah. It's like uh, the obvious open to the market for invested commercial entities that are in, inadver- that inadvertently are supporting the open science movement with grants. There's no regulation in place to prevent, say, the rise of micropayments, etc. Okay, in other words, people are going to see an opportunity and take advantage of it, either to profit uh, profit take or to mitigate costs or whatever else. The nice thing that will happen is that things are reasonably well organized now when it comes to the kind of talking collective scientific market. If you're going to start a huge new research project and everyone hates it, you're going to find out so much fucking faster than you did 10 years ago. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And if it's a really bad idea, if it's really toxic and it, it totally disagrees with the, the principles of the people who are going to use it because it's new and it can't trade on the fact that it's been super important since 1850, you're going to hear. You're going to hear from people really quickly. So one benefit of things being completely new is if they suck, people will batter them. Mm. They will get <laughs> peer reviewed, <laughs> <laughs> but but I like that. Things are so much faster these days. You get feedback. You could spend a year or two working on a thing, only to publish it to realize that no one actually had any interest in the first place. Yeah, that's why. I, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But look, if you if you have say the Chan Zuckerberg fuckface whatever journal, um, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, we're going to do cost deframe and it's going to cost fifty cents an article. What do you th- what do you think is going to happen? What? People are going to throw rocks, man. Yeah, yeah. People are going to go. Th- people are going to throw rocks straight away because the, the 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 ecosystem for everyone talking is better, right? Because more people know more people. Because more young people are consider themselves allowed to have opinions. Mm. I honestly think if you do anything, what whatever happens here, we're now in a space where if you do anything really dicky, that is 
in the in in the back end of the whole publication process and it's new if you do something dicky and new you're going to hear about it within the first 12 hours speaking of doing something dicky are you familiar with the concept uh, you better stay standing you better stay sitting in that chair <laughs> and you better be wearing pants my son you- i do not want to see where that sentence goes if it's not on topic are you familiar with the concept of the milkshake duck the 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 the, the twitter internet meme <laughs> Fucking what? Mil- milkshake duck. It was. It was a thing. Milkshake duck. Milkshake duck. It was a cartoon. D- do you? Did you mean to say that? Milkshake duck. It, it, it was. A, Fuck you talking about? It, it was a. It was a meme that came out a, a year or two ago, which is. I'm not. Go- I'm car- not googling it. it it's, sounds- it's a. It's a cartoon that basically starts with "We love milkshake duck. Milkshake's amazing." Like, but you know, let's let's. Throw a parade for milkshake duck, and then and then four months later we're like, well, we regret to inform you that milkshake duck milkshake duck is a racist, and it's this idea that a lot of people quite often are like get risen up, get, get sort of oh this, this this person's amazing, they're doing some really good things, only to find out like five months later, oh no, they're actually a secret neo Nazi. Um, now. <laughs> I'm talking about that not not because I think there are people in in the open science movement who are secret neo Nazis, but what I am saying is that when it comes to reforms, quite often reforms happen behind people and behind personalities, and what's ha- uh. and what's happening and, and what can potentially happen and what I've seen happening is I'm not into that open science thing. Person X is a dickhead. I don't want to get involved. Oh, I've 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 probably been. Person I th- I think X you have been. I think context. I think you I think you have been person X. Um, but it happens quite a lot. Um, I'm not a, I'm not a dickhead. I just sound. You like just one. sound like one. It's people. You you no. You've there's a there's a very distinct difference. And I, I yeah. Look, I continually struggle with uh, Australian language in public spaces <laughs> of non-Australian people. And no, I'm serious. This happens in the US all the time. I'm I, I'm. You know, it's it's always very funny to me when everyone bangs on about white people because I find the American flavor is as capricious and unusual as everyone else does. It's it's yeah. So yeah, that's 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 probably happened. Um, so what what I'm saying? I don't know, man. Look, you, if you if you start off, look, I was pissing off anti-vaccine people ten years ago. So I've been through various. Uh, Various cycles are being yelled at for something. So, I mean, it stops. It, stop, it, it gets a sort of a boy cry wolf quality to it, you know. Yes. Yeah, so- you get to some point in your life and you go, I know what I'm about and everyone's yelling at me and, um, you know, I have looked within my heart. <laughs> Am I the milkshake duck? <laughs> no, no, no. So, <laughs> what, what I'm saying here, th- th- there's two sides of the story. Firstly, there's this idea that, okay, um, quite often people get accused um, of 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 acting in nefarious ways, and people use it as, as an excuse of I don't want to be part of that movement. But quite often, maybe sometimes people will actually be a dickhead, um, and uh, and then that'll really ta- that, that that will really tarnish things. And people are like I definitely don't want to be, don't, don't want to be part of that movement um, because p- p- person X is, is is a bit of a dickhead, and that is the risk of what happens when movements are actually behind people or behind personalities, yeah. rather than. I mean, it's yeah, hard though right. because what? that that is the best way to, to move things forward. It's very hard. Well, that is you say that that is what people associate with. It becomes it. Yeah, it, it you you have a tendency to personalize the identity of the frighteningly impersonal thing, but behind whoever's actually pushing it. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I think you've, I think you're onto something there. Um, the the solution, of course, is um, don't work with pricks. 
don't don't don't, <laughs> I mean, don't be a prick. But I, I th- that's not that's not a um that's not a a, a blanket policy <laughs> statement. <laughs> that that was people find themselves in a situation where they have to work with people they despise all the time. Um, it it does make things difficult. Yeah, you're right. How do we how do we navigate that? I don't know. Um, I, I do remember. Neither do I. One of the um the the old the old coach of the Sydney Swans AFL team had a very famous no dickheads policy, and I quite like that. That was that was his that was his Paul, Paul Ruse. Remember that bloke? That was his thing. Oh yeah. No, no. It was even spelled in the kangaroo. Like like oh uh, uh, yes. <laughs> but yeah, he had a no dickheads policy. I don't know how we changed that. Um, I, but once again, we have to weigh up the risks and the benefits. And I think if these movements are getting traction because they're behind certain personalities, um, then mm. people you'd hope are smart enough to realize that just because one person either becomes a dickhead or is a dickhead doesn't paint the whole the whole movement. I mean, our, our current movement or the current way things are full of dickheads, but that doesn't stop us from from following that. So, I don't know. But this is just- well, Would you say you represent any particular- Idea, Daniel, and people associate something with you in particular. Mm, I don't know, oxytocin, I guess. But then, no, so that's not an idea. That's, that's a just research a, area. Ah, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I get sometimes. Sometimes I get invited to do like open science stuff, and I don't. I, I, I mean, I'm interested in it, and I'm trying to apply it the best that I can within my own research, but. Um, I don't know. I, I I wouldn't label myself that because I I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I that's I don't see myself that way. Even though I support mm, it, I, I suppose not. Even though you are in fact a dickhead. Yeah. So, <laughs> Let the people some, decide. Some people, some people are just dickheads in their own time. Yeah. You know? No no milkshake duck here. No. <laughs> you're, you're gonna have to look at this thing. I can't believe you haven't heard of it. You're you're, you're like you're usually like a, a me a meme lord, and here comes this thing. I do not think that is true. Um. <laughs> I would say I process information very quickly and in general I can wrap whatever comes in front of me up fairly fast and know what it is without spending too much time on yeah. it. Um because you know you you've you've been in the same rooms, you know how I use social media. I open, I yell, I reply, I close. So if it just hasn't come up in one of those brief sessions, then um it just hasn't happened. Mm. How did I miss this? It sounds the way you tell it. It sounds really important. Anyway, look. <laughs> uh, regardless of that, that and I hope there aren't any racists listening. <laughs> oh man, we, we, we'll post that. I mean, yeah, and and, and quite often when someone does something, says something stupid, we'll like someone, especially who 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 everyone loves. Everyone's like, ah, oh, milk, milk milkshake ducked. So yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, I, I, I see, I see, I see. Right. So this is a. Uh, it was a, a, James. A, it, was, it wasn't. A, a it, general, it wasn't an actual duck. It wasn't a real for... duck. <laughs> no, fuck that, <laughs> um, it's a, this is a general trope for we've we've found out something disappointing. Yes. Behind the identity of someone who was much we loved previously thought was a titular figurehead behind whatever else. Oh, you know, do you know the 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 first thing that I think of when I, you you say that is like I really hope that the thing that you found out is real and not something that you came up with. You know, I really hope that whatever you've it's like suddenly the tide of public opinion has immediately turned. Like, I really hope you know what the fuck you're talking about and you're not massively overreacting to something. You know. Mm. 
I hope, I hope that's the case. I remember when, remember when that that fella got um all hate crimes. What was his name? Oh, oh the Schmollins. Small, I want to say Smollett. Jesse Smollett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. A- right, actor right. from whoever, some show. Whoever, whoever he, whoever he is, it, the newspaper came out. The newspaper report came out, and they went, "Ah, everyone, everyone went off straight away. Oh, he's been hate crimed. It's really terrible. I mean, obviously, yes, it is. That's the. I mean, that's why we have hate crime as a separate thing. Like, what thoughts you were having when you did the crime are sufficiently important enough to consider it to be a. a a different kind of crime. So obviously, obviously that makes it bad by definition. And then they came out and they went, ah, oh, no, it actually, it turns out it's not that. Um, he was in a tiff with his producers and he wanted to get paid more. So he, he, he hired two blokes from the gym to batter him Far in an alley. Out. And then, and then everyone went, ah, well, fuck him. He's off the register forever. And then, the, and then an additional report comes out. Actually, no, no, it wasn't, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. That's we didn't have the full facts there, and I'm going to you. You end up with this series of sort of role and qualifications with everyone overreacting at every single step of the way. How do you avoid that if you're going to build a scientific movement? Is probably the same way we avoid all other all other. Uh, versions of being misinterpreted which is to actually qualify whatever the hell you're talking about and don't do hate crime on yourself i think most people within the movement are very good at not making it about themselves um i think though i i sincerely hope so because i mean you you don't really care about it in the first place i can't think of anyone who's like i'm i'm really into the reform of science because it's a good vehicle for me personally. Fuck off! It's really hard. <laughs> you could be spending you could be spending all that time writing some bollocks to go to some place to make you look traditionally good. And because look, even now, like if you're going to go and out and get a job, what is going to look better? Like I spent nine months working on this project to uh, to get some uh, type of reporting together, or we're doing open data stuff, or we're doing data hygiene stuff, or we're doing uh, we're trying to support OA journals, or work on the guide to get people to, to to flip journals. That's some line, yeah. Mm-hmm. Eight out of ten, eight out of ten job ads. Your <laughs> your if you're if you're replying, it's still going to be. Like, did you did you do more papers in more fancies? Yeah, more. <laughs> did you put did you put more did you put more stuff? And that's why that's why it's it's really difficult to I don't know it's difficult to do cynically because the fucking cynical benefits are obviously better elsewhere. Yeah. And if you're smart enough to see what they are, you'd be fucking off doing. I know plenty of people like, oh yeah, I've heard of that anyway. So I'm publishing this thing, right? Yeah, there's a lot of people who go, oh, yeah, I totally support it in principle. But in the meantime, I'm over here doing this bullshit because it's better for my career. Yes. <laughs> I, I, tr- I try not to judge people like I'm that. I'm glad that is it. They're honest. Fuck, people are honest. Ha- and I'm like, okay, well, yeah, I don't agree if with you. you haven't met, if you haven't met anyone like that, then you are not you are not meeting enough people to see how this has been, been seen more broadly. Yeah. Yeah, because that's, that's absolutely a real thing. Someone has given us the rules of the game. We obey the rules. <laughs> this is progress. 
Progress is putting papers into a string of things. Uh, uh, bleep, bloop, fuck you. But whatever. I do have a feeling, though. Thing, oh, things I'm too tired to do a proper robot, Dan. <laughs> things are changing very quickly. We can see by the by the evidence of registered reports. And I think things are going to change incredibly quickly to the point where it is going to be incentivized. Maybe I'm too optimistic, but I think it's going to change very quickly where things are going to be incentivized. And all of a sudden, there's going to be this need for labs to become open. And you cannot... Even even when you try, you cannot become open or do open science practices overnight. So, all these people who are like, oh, you know, I, I just need to follow, you know, what's good for my career, they're, they're, they're going to be, you know, they're, they're just going to be left there in the cold because it's going to take them years to rejig their labs to do these things. Whereas people who have actually started early and going, well, hang on a minute, this is probably the best way to do science, they're the ones who are going to benefit. So, I, I, I see- I, I- Sure, yes, but how long is that going to take? Five years, ten years, fifteen uh, years. What quick, would you quick. What would you have done more in the meantime? Yeah, I, I don't know. That 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 is a good point. I think it's going to happen quicker. Of course, it's a fucking good <laughs> it's point. Gonna, Look who's making it. God it's damn gonna, it. It's going to happen quicker. It's going to happen quicker than we think. And although some people are going to win in the sh- win, some people are going to win in the short term by doing the, the current way. Um, as soon as the system flips, they're going to be losing and they're going to be on the back foot. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe right. I'm. Too- I, yeah, look, look, may, may, maybe, maybe. But uh, anyone, the the nice part about science is that you can you can trade reliably on the fact that there's a lot of people out there who really seriously give a shit about getting it right, or they would have chosen a completely different job in the first yeah, place. Yeah, for sure. So it does, it does, it does matter. Um, and you know, work work that's better eventually. So I mean, it 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 shows it shows in how the collective response of everybody. If, if if we do a bunch of small studies on ESP and we conclude that people are fucking magic, and then someone <laughs> comes along with a study that's three uh three times bigger than all of the small studies put together that's pre-registered, everyone, and I do mean everyone except the original authors who believe in magic, <laughs> consider that to be a strong refutation of the original result. Yeah, yeah. No one goes, oh, who knows what to think? <laughs> yeah? Everyone intuitively understands the quality that's involved. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Right? So even people who are people who are not within kind of open culture stuff. Right, I've talked to people like this in corridors. Oh, yeah, someone did a big thing and they checked that, and it turns out that's not real either. There's no discussion of like how it worked. It's just sort of like I, I intuitively accept the fact that better information has come along. Oh, let me get let me get to one last thing sure. because we didn't take a break, and um, you've 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 used your very limited authority with <laughs> controlling my behavior to make me not vape during podcasts. So I'm really starting to feel tired now. Um. DOI tracking. Yes. There has to be a way to centralize and track DOIs between objects. Um, and there has to be a way to bin there has to be a way to bin them if the manuscript is essentially unchanged. So I'm thinking I, I, I immediately think of complicated scenarios like say I do a really big paper mm. and it has a four experiment series, and then eventually I want to do something else. So I split two of them off in something that's gone published. Uh, stick them together with something else and put that in a separate outlet, either maybe a separate, maybe even a separate preprint before an eventual paper. Yeah. How do we handle, how do we handle determining whether or not they're the same thing? Uh, This is something which BioArchive has sort of solved in that they automate Mm, when when they notice. Well, okay. When they notice um, that a paper 
with the same title and the same authors has been published, they automatically link it. And when you get to the bioarchive page, they say, this paper is now published. Here is the link to the thing. Now, unfortunately, journals don't do the reverse. Yeah. So, what would be ideal? So, what would be ideal is if journals go, here's the paper, here's a backlink to the, the, to the bioarchive preprint. Bioarchive is really good at this. Um, if you go to just just go okay. go to any yeah to any- if you've got if you've got the same authors and the same titles I'm talking about if you start splitting the objects up just tell 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 the paper if you, if you do that though if you if you do that though maybe you've lost the right to expect the fact that people will treat them as the same object if it's split past <laughs> a certain level yeah. I can see how there would be a murkiness but it also would not apply to the vast majority of things because you know you've got a paper it's a, it's a discrete discussion of a, a set of pieces of information and ideas look yeah uh, the idea that you can like fork off 40% of it bong it together with something else and then regard it as the same thing is not everyone would say no it's different get fucked I I want to but um journals also look because because of the way DOIs work a lot of the time the things things that they publish are structured under a prefix that is their journal prefix for the individual DOI yes. how is the uh, journal of applied physiology going to feel about my starting uh, OSF DOI now becoming part of their database yeah, I, I don't know, but that they should embed that DOI within the abstract or early on in the paper. Um, I, he, okay, maybe massive tangent. We need to restructure how we do abstracts because right now they're bad, yeah? So many people now try and say, add links to pre-registration in their abstracts and the journal's like, no, 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 you can't do that. And I, I think if we can actually add those things, that information in, um, it's going to be a big thing. But look, I, I want to finish on, the, on, on, on this one thought and that is, go back to your- Is it a nice It's thought? a good thought. It's, a, it's an interesting thought. Go back to this idea of your your scenario where a paper changes and it splits. What what percentage of papers would that scenario actually be? I'd say somewhere between like one and three percent. So it's a minority. It's an absolute minority. Um, I think what's happening now is that if I was a publisher or if I was someone who is currently benefiting from the current system. The best way for me to slow this thing down is to is to sow a seed of doubt, and those seed of doubt that those seeds of doubt are things like what happens if this happens, what happens if that. I think we need to move forward and actually think and completely and completely ignore. If let's set a threshold, if this is a five percent edge case scenario, let's just figure it out later. We cannot let these edge case scenarios stop us from actually moving forward because right now that's what's happening. People are going, "Oh, Plan S, but have you thought about if 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 you if you do if you do a cartwheel and, and submit here and then move to a country there and then wear a red hat? What about those people? Yeah, and those things, those things are slowing. The, and people go, mm, "Yeah, we have we have we haven't thought about the people." Forget that. Uh, it's the scientific tendency to overthink things huh being rolled into how should policy how should policy proceed daniel thank you for introducing me to a genuinely new experience <laughs> on on that note we are going to wrap up uh you didn't you didn't ask me what the experience was what, what, what's the experience you having a really good ah oh, look 82 episodes it was going to happen eventually a, a, a stopped ah, a stopped clock see, look you 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 are you are this you know something else is look the roll into the idea of like we we we, we you can't necessarily predict everything that's going to happen when you start instituting a blanket policy that you have to you have to kind of bet on your principles and then play catch up afterwards 
Um, also, I, I, I would add to that that there is a congenital lack of boldness within a lot of people. They don't want to go for the big idea. They don't want to like throw down, fuck everything up, throw the plates in the air and see what happens. Yeah. Mm. But the worst thing that can happen, the worst thing that can happen if you start doing all of this is it will be slightly easier to access things that are published. Yeah. No one's look, preprints are not going away. No one's gonna take away your access to the general marketplace of people reading stuff. Yes? Mm. Reform in what goes into your manuscripts is not gonna go away. You will still get an increasing amount of credit for doing science properly. Mm. Right? So yeah, will the cost structures be shoved around? Yes. Will there be problems? Fuck yeah. Um, are people going to try and muscle in? Uh, well, almost certainly. I mean, that's just how people who make money for a living think. And you have to make some kind of peace with that. But are any of those reasons not to like throw down hard? I don't know, man. In general, I'm, you know me, I'm in, in favor of going straight in through the front door and kicking everything off the shelves. Time will tell. Time will tell. Will 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 we eventually be old enough to see it? What are you doing? Welcome to right. episode four hundred <laughs> of everything. Everything really fucking hurts now. My <laughs> knees are gone. Holy shit! If we reach four hundred, oh, passes passes that bottle of brandy. <laughs> Thanks, chief. Okay. I love it. I love so, it that uh, as we get older, we get more Australian. It's great. We regress back. Well, that's that. That is how old Australian men. Exactly. Get get out of it. Get out of it. Fucking get off me lawn! I just bloody mowed that. <laughs> with, with. What are you little dickheads doing? Go and fuck off to your houses. <laughs> <sighs> that was like vitamins. That was great. Right. Let's not let's knock this on the head, Daniel. I don't know if we've done sufficient justice to this question. Certainly, I've had fun. It's been good. But I, I feel I feel like we've gone long and committed a very fragmentary discussion to public record here. But all we can do is roll it over and keep going. So if I tell you something interesting, maybe an hour and five minutes of bilious horse shit that you've just heard. If there's something in particular you want to cook over, fucking tell us and we'll do another half hour on it when we can structure the responses better. Because this always happens with big questions. Mm. The, box is, the box is opened, we're excited to see each other, and a coherent discussion goes to fuck, more or less straight away. Mm. Right? So if you want to chase a particular part of that down or you think one or both of us are full of shit, <laughs> note him. <laughs> um you're gonna have to you're gonna have to let us know. Because um these these things are like uh it's it's like it's like opening a Christmas present from someone you don't like. <laughs> you know? You open it up and you're like, Oh Christ, what's this gonna be? I bet it's another severed head of a weasel. Um maybe we had different great aunts. <laughs> You know, so look if it if it didn't if it didn't meet your needs, fucking push back, and we'll see what we can do. All right, let us know. Contact us over let us Twitter know. hurts podcast, uh, Facebook search everything hurts, and uh, everythinghurts.com where you can contact us, just like Galena did for this question. But uh, that is all for this week. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back again in two weeks for a new episode of Everything Hurts. Yeah, we might even finally get to do an episode where we can just lean into it, relax, and talk shit. Oh, man. 
This one hurt my feelings. All right. <laughs> Bye-bye. Best of luck to everyone. Don't stab them if they don't deserve it.